Yeah, anyway, so we met, uh, you were my economics professor in uh, term one and uh, I had an absolute blast in your class. It was one of my favorite subjects and uh, uh, luckily we were able to maintain that correspondence because I got to come with you to Ethiopia uh, for the social service trip and which, like I was telling you earlier, was one of the highlights of my MBA experiences. And, I'm so glad to hear that. Uh, it absolutely was. And I thought this would be a great way for us to probably talk about, uh, uh, talk a little bit about the work that uh, you do there, uh, the experience that we shared and, uh, and what it looks like, you know, how, how other people could p- potentially get involved and be a part of this, uh, part of this experience. So maybe would you want to start with, you want me to tell you the background, how we got started there? Why, why Ethiopia and why Dilla? Would that be a good place for us to start? Absolutely. That's actually my number one question as well. Uh, But very quickly before I do that, just I want to throw some quick facts and, uh, and please feel free to collect uh, to correct me. I just, I I did some research and I just wanted to put some facts together so that uh, people who are listening have some context. Uh, As of now, we have about 62 million Ethiopians who lack access to safe water. And this is primarily because of drought and politics of the, uh, the geopolitical, uh, uh, scenario in Ethiopia itself. Uh, and secondly, when it comes to the second thing that you work on, which is women's education, while over the last decade, uh, we do see that uh, it's gone from 21% to 91% in terms of primary education, uh, people, uh, women are still not uh, transitioning to say secondary or tertiary education, uh, mostly because of distance, personal security and economic challenges. So yeah. these are just some ground facts before we uh, get into uh, why. Is there anything else that you'd like to add to this or things that we uh, might be critical to know? I mean, of course, there's, there's simply poverty um, that, that, you know, we're talking about one of the poorest nations in the world, GDP per capita of about, oh, you know, depending on whether you do it in purchasing power parity, 800 to 1,000 per right. person per year. So, you know, combined with these really severe issues of of women, um, the lack of opportunities for women and the lack of access to clean water for everyone, there's simply poverty. Yeah. It's a nation that somehow needs to get itself out of the poverty trap. And and they are very interlinked, aren't they? Both of them. Because uh, I do remember from, from our trip there, it was women predominantly who had to line up to collect water. from. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Women bear the burden of the lack of water. It's, it's the women who have to spend, um, the women or the children, but often the, the female children, that spend um, hours out of their day waiting in line for water or walking for water. Um, and so this means that women, um, are, that girls are taken out of school earlier or miss a lot of school. Yeah. Um, and women... Uh, lose the opportunity to be able to do work that might give them some income because there's so much time involved in these basic um, tasks of life, the primary one. So much time, yeah. Uh, we, we did the math when we were there. It, it takes about six hours. If you're, if you're not in the front of the line, if you're, say, middle of the pack, it takes about six hours to walk away with a, with a jerry can of water. That's right. A jerry can. One jerry can. One jerry can. Um, and, and then you have to come fill it again, you know, if there's a big family. So, yeah, you're right. It, it, can, it can be, for the little girls, uh, in certain times of the year, it can be their one activity. Yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, so uh, Gil, uh, why, uh, why don't you tell us, uh, you know, uh, how did you start off with, uh, how did you, why did, why Ethiopia and uh, how did you get started with, uh, with the work that you do there? Well, it's, it all seems sort of random when I look back at it because um, it could have been anywhere, right? But I was very interested in Africa. Um, I had started an Africa course at the IE. I had started doing some research and publishing some some papers on Africa, just because, you know, the continent was so close and there was so much lack of knowledge. And I felt like, um, you know, the IE is the closest top business school to Africa. I thought we should, we should be specialists. And so I kind of got involved. Um, and then one year, uh, I think it was probably about eight or nine years ago, um, a student came to the IE to do the, the IMBA. Um, he was German. And he went to see the director of the, of the IMBA and said, I went to Ethiopia to volunteer when I was uh, in university, he said, and it changed my life. And I would like to share this with other IE students. And uh, the director of the program said, oh, go see Gail. She's crazy for Africa. So, so he came to see me. Um, we didn't know each other. And he said, you know, this just for me, it was life changing to, to volunteer. He had gone he had gone down with uh, St. Louis University, and at that time, they ran a summer program for children uh, in English in a town called Zawai, kind of in the center of the country. And um, so he said, could we try to do something? And so I said, yeah, let's do something. I, I, I propose that we do a course um, and, you know, make, make it a summer course, and the kids could, the students could do work on um, on Ethiopia prior to going, and we could have meetings to prepare materials, and then they could um, they could uh, spend the two weeks uh, working with the little kids down there. And so um, it turned out that uh, Zawai was full, and there's this town Dilla, which is in the south, about 400 kilometers um, from the Kenyan border, much poorer. And they said, "We don't have anything there. We don't have any English programs. Why don't you come here?" So I went down with this first group and we created their first English summer program. It was just for girls. Um, and, uh, you know, we taught them English for a few hours a day and, you know, did games and dances and programs with them. And it was just a wonderful experience for all of us. I mean, um, I hope they learned some English. They did learn some, but it seemed like we learned, we learned so much and they, you know, just opened their arms to us and took us home and, and uh, we really felt we had um, gotten a glimpse into the community. And so for me, that was it. I just, I, I, I was just gonna keep going. Um, and so I started taking groups um, every summer. And the thing is, as time went on, um, I thought, are we really achieving something by giving these English classes in the summer? You know, sometimes, sometimes I felt like we did, we had met some girls um, that had gone through the St. Louis summer program and they had actually gone to university, were supporting their families, you know, there were some encouraging pictures, but, uh, you know, looking around and particularly looking at the water problem that you're mentioning, um, I said, you know, could we do something else? Because at the IE, our, our specialty, our, um, our comparative advantage is not teaching English to little girls. It's, you know, entrepreneurship. And uh, particularly, there's a lot of interest in social entrepreneurship. And I said, couldn't we do something there? And so, you know, this whole, this whole uh, process began. Um, 
I had a student who had gone with me one year who went to work for an American water purifying company. And he said, Gail, couldn't we do something in water in Ethiopia, you know, uh, jointly with my company? So we worked on that for a while. We tried to find a project that they would be willing to invest in. Um, and it was complicated because we needed a local partner. We needed to, you know, we needed a, a model that we were sure would work because we were going to have to set things up with the money in it and then take off right. um, and come back the next summer. And so, you know, we worked on that for three or four summers, students researching and we were visiting different water projects and how did, you know, how did people get their water and um, what companies or what institutions were drilling or purifying or distributing water, you know, all the things that were happening. And uh, finally, one summer when we were, you know, in the meantime, we continued teaching English to girls. Uh, we were teaching and uh, the father of one of the girls in our program came in to see me and he said, you know I, know, I know you have an American water company on board and I know you're from the IE and I know this is a prestigious business school. And he said, I would really like to do something in the water space. I would really like to help my community to solve their water problem. And so this we started working with him. This, this is was Berhanu, whom yeah. you know. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's interesting when I look back, there's so many things that could have been different, you know. Um, if we hadn't been teaching the little girls English, um, we never would have gotten known in this community. We never would have met Berhanu. And for me, the interesting thing about all of this is that um, I learned that if you want to do something in another country, you can't just drop in with money for two weeks and take off. Um, you need to know the people, you need to be very familiar with the problems, you need to have some, some uh, local credibility. And um, so anyway, we started working with him and um, students um, came up with a business plan for his water project. Initially, he wasn't really sure what he wanted to do. We explored different options with him and finally, um, what he ended up doing was, I suppose we'll talk about this later, Gotham, so I Maybe I should stop and let you ask questions. But we ended up what we ended up doing was one of his um, options, and it's working. He's uh, yeah. distributing water in the community, 